There's two passages I'd like to read tonight. And the first is Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 7. That's page 1231. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Luke 7, verse 11. And it came to pass afterwards, he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples and a great crowd went with him. And as he drew near to the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was carried out, the only son of his mother, and she a widow. And a very considerable crowd of the city was with her. And the Lord, seeing her, was moved with compassion for her, and said to her, Weep not. And coming up, he touched the bier, and the bearers stopped, and he said, Youth, I say to thee, wake up. And the dead sat up and began to speak. And he gave him to his mother. And fear seized on all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has been raised up amongst us, and God has visited his people. And this report went out in all Judea concerning him, and in all the surrounding country. And then one more passage in John chapter 11. John chapter 11, that's page 1283. Page 1283, verse 1. John 11, verse 1. There, now there was a certain man sick, Lazarus of Bethany, of the village of Mary and Martha, her sister. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And then verse 17 of that chapter, page 1284. Verse 17. Jesus therefore on arriving found him to have been four days already in the tomb. And then finally in verse 33. Verse 33. John 11 verse 33. Jesus therefore when he saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you put him? They say to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. The Jews therefore said, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who has opened the eyes of the blind have caused that this man also should not have died? Jesus therefore again, deeply moved in himself, comes to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus says, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead, says to him, Lord, he stinks already for he is four days there. Jesus says to her, did I not say to thee that if thou shouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? They took therefore the stone away and Jesus lifted up his eyes on high. And said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, but I knew that thou always hearest me. But on account of the crowds who stand around, I have said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And having said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead came forth, bound feet and hands with grave clothes, and his face was bound round with a handkerchief. Jesus says to them, Loose him. And let him go. These are two of the miracles that Jesus did during his life.
Jesus' life was a life like no other life has ever been lived on this earth. There was power that came from him. There was power that he demonstrated, which many were filled with awe and wonder. He did things which no one else has ever done. He said, he made claims about who he was that no one else has truly said about themselves. His life was totally and utterly unique. And it's so relevant for today. The world that Jesus is in about 2,000 years ago, in, in that part of the world, Palestine, is very, very similar in many ways to the world that we see today. Many, many similarities. In, in many ways, the world hasn't changed. You might say, well, the world has changed because we've got technology and all sorts of other things. But the real realities of life and death are exactly the same. And this was a man who has quite clearly got the power over death. He's broken the power of death. And the gospel tonight, dear friends, is a matter of life and death. God is offering you eternal life. And it's only through Jesus. There are many, many problems in the world today, as we all know. Sickness, disease, war, famine, all these other things. But the greatest problem that we have as human beings is death, isn't it? Facing death. And dear friends, the message of the gospel is preached so that you might be freed from the power of death. Because every Christian, everyone who's truly a Christian and born again, is freed from the power of death. You might have been to a funeral recently. I went to two funerals during last summer. One of them was my father. I went to another funeral earlier than that, in the winter last year, and that person was not a Christian. And those... That first funeral could not have been more different from the next two. It could not have been more different. But Jesus came here in a city called Nain. You can look it up on the map. It's possible to look it up on a Bible map. Close to places that we hear about in the news today. And Jesus, he comes with his disciples and a great crowd with him. And he's walking in the opposite direction and he meets a funeral procession. He meets a funeral procession and a dead man was carried out, the only son of his mother. So the woman, the mother was going, was a widow. She'd already lost her husband and she'd now lost her son. She was going to be in desperate poverty. And there's a great crowd. There's many, many witnesses to this event. Many, many people saw what Jesus did. And there's a lot of similarities with this situation than there is today. I don't know how recently you've been to a a funeral. We don't often maybe like to remember them very much, do we? They're not happy occasions often. But there's a great crowd. And notice how the Lord, Jesus, feels about this woman. It says... In verse 13, seeing her, he was moved with compassion. That is the attitude of the God that we have to deal with tonight. He's moved with compassion. That's God's attitude towards 
those that are affected by the power of sin. That's every one of us. We're all sinners. The reason this man had died is one very fundamental reason. And it's the fundamental reason why everyone dies. We've heard, we hear recent, we've heard from time to time, don't we, and very, all too frequently how people die. Some people die very suddenly. How sad that is. But the reason, the fundamental reason why anyone dies is because of sin. It, the Bible tells us that sin entered the world by one man. Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, and as a result of that, death entered into the world. God had told them beforehand. God had warned them beforehand, in the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will certainly die. God gives us warnings and he tells us very clearly what the effect will be if we, don't, if we disobey his commandments. How amazing that is. He's such a good God. He wants us to avoid the terrible effects of our sin. He wants us to be saved from the effects of our sin. He wanted to tell Adam and he told Adam and Eve that do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told them don't eat the tree and the day that you do eat of it you will die. And that's exactly the reason why people die today. You trace it right back to its very beginning. And all throughout all the centuries that followed after that many many centuries followed and now Jesus is alive on the earth. Jesus has been born we know the Christmas story and he has come to undo the works of the devil because he is the creator. He's the Lord of all creation. The whole earth has been under a curse and still is of sin and death. Death came into the creation and has ruined it. The animals suffer as a result of man's sin. The animals suffer great death and cruelty. And the whole of creation groans. The whole of creation is affected by man's sin. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord in all his majesty and glory. Different Gospels explain different aspects of the glory of Jesus. They all read in a slightly different way. They tell you the same story, but they explain it in different ways. But Jesus is moved with compassion here. And he's moved with compassion for you tonight, dear friends. Because even though this was 2,000 years ago, even though we're separated in so by so many years, the gospel has not changed. Isn't that amazing? That the same message, God is speaking through the gospel in exactly the same way as he has done for the last 2,000 years. Many, many things have changed massively in the world, and that has not changed one, one bit. But Jesus is moved with compassion, and what he's moved with compassion because this... Lady, this woman has lost her son. He's moved with compassion because some death has come into his creation. It's a very sad occasion when we lose someone that's close to us. How much we feel that. But Jesus says something to her which is really quite shocking and surprising. He says, weep not. Imagine going to a stopping a funeral procession and saying, stop crying. Imagine saying that, if that was all it was, it would be very, very insensitive. And yet the Lord Jesus has got the answer. He coming up, he touched the funeral procession, the bearers stopped, and he says to the man in the coffin, 
Youth, I say to thee, wake up. What an amazing thing to say to a dead person. And dear friends, that's what he's saying tonight. He's saying to us, wake up. You might think, I'm not, I'm not asleep. But Jesus is saying, wake up. He's saying, wake up from the effects that, wake up from the sleep that you're in. If you're asleep, if you're asleep at the wheel of a car, you're going to get into trouble very quickly. If you're asleep on a train and some dangerous people start coming through the train, you're going to be in trouble. You may be in trouble. There's many situations where you can be in a lot of trouble if you're asleep. You need to wake up. And Jesus is saying to us tonight, wake up. Wake up to the fact that we're sinners. Wake up to the fact that we are going to have to face a holy and righteous God who's known, who knows everything that we've ever done. The preacher is exactly the same as all of us. Wake up to the fact that life is going on very quickly and one day we will have to face God. Sometimes people die very suddenly. There's a film called Died Suddenly. How sad it is some people die very suddenly for various reasons. How, what an urgent warning it is, dear friends. Wake up. What do we have to wake up to? We have to wake up to our need of forgiveness. We have to wake up to our need of Jesus. And we have to wake up to how, who he is. We have to realise that he alone has the power to forgive us and wash us clean from our sins. So, he says to the youth, wake up, and the dead sat up. Jesus has such power that he speaks to the dead and they wake up. There is a verse elsewhere in John that says, in John 5, I often quote it, wonder not at this, for all who are in the graves will hear his voice. All who are in the graves. Some to resurrection of life and some to resurrection of judgment. When I was last at a burial cemetery, the cemetery, it really hit me that verse. Think of how powerful that is. All who are in the tombs will hear his voice. So Jesus says to the the dead man, wake up. The dead sat up and began to speak. That is what Jesus does through the gospel. And he gave him to his mother and fear seized on all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has been raised up amongst us and God has visited his people. Jesus is indeed a great prophet, and some religions, some false religions, say that he's just a prophet. He is a prophet, but he's far more than a prophet. That's not enough to believe that he's a prophet. He's the Son of God. He's God manifest in flesh. And in the next passage, in John chapter 11, there's a lot more detail in John 11 that I didn't read. But there was a very close friend of Jesus called Lazarus. And Martha and Mary were followers of Jesus. They both loved Jesus. And there's many other things that Martha and Mary say to Jesus before where I read. But Jesus, when he got to the tomb, verse John 7, 11 verse 17, he had been four days already dead dead already in the tomb and notice that what Jesus how Jesus reacts when he sees her weeping he comes to verse 33 he comes to the tomb 
And in verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus cried deeply over the fact that someone had died. Even though he knew he was going to raise the dead, even though he had power over death, he weeps. He cried very, very deeply. And that shows that he, like in the previous passage, he has compassion over our situation. He has compassion with the struggles and the things that we face in our life. He has compassion over the curse that has come on creation because of sin and the the death that has afflicted the whole of creation. We know what it's like to lose loved ones. We know what it's like to suffer tragedy. Around the corner recently, a young lad died on a, on a bike, I think, of some kind, round the corner, and the, just opposite the bus stop, the flowers are still there. <coughs> I spoke to his cousin shortly afterwards. How sad it is, and Jesus feels it with us. That shows Jesus' love and compassion towards the sinner, and that's his attitude towards you tonight, dear friends. He knows everything that you've gone through. He knows every, every struggle in your life. But he comes to the tomb and Jesus is deeply moved in verse 38. That is the attitude and spirit that God has towards the lost sinner. He wants you to recognise your need of him. And then he says something amazing. He says, take away the stone. Lazarus had been buried for four days and he says, take away the stone. That's the last thing you would think of doing of someone who had been buried for four days. And Martha says to him, Lord, he stinks already for he is four days there. There are things about our life when we think about the sin that we've done and the bad things that we've done. Sometimes we maybe think ourselves, that stinks, doesn't it? Some of the things that people have done to me stinks. Some of the things that I've done They stink before God. That shows the awfulness of sin, doesn't it? And the things that we've... The guilt that we have before a holy God. That shows the great corruption that has come in as a result of sin and death. But Jesus says, Did I not say to you, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Believing God's word is a vital part of receiving salvation. Believing the gospel is the way into life, dear friends. Believing the words of Jesus. So Jesus prays and he gives thanks to the Father. And then just like in this this funeral procession, he cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Once again he is called to a dead man. And he's spoken directly to a dead man and told him to come out of the tomb. What a marvellous, wonderful miracle this is. And dear friends, he's speaking to you tonight. If you haven't already responded, if you haven't already recognised your need of him, he's calling again to, to you once more. It doesn't matter how old or young we are. Lazarus, come forth. Come out of the dead condition that you're in. Come out of the deadness of sin and the deadness of the evil ways that we have as sinners and turn in faith to him. That means putting our faith and trust in him. Repenting of the sins that we've done, recognising the awfulness of the sins that we've committed before God, and calling upon his mercy 
because God is willing to forgive you because of what Jesus has done. And this Lazarus is a picture of someone becoming a Christian. Lazarus come forth and the dead came forth bound feet and hands with grave clothes and his face was bound round with a handkerchief Jesus says to him loose him and let him go by coming to the Lord Jesus we're loosed from the pain from the chains of sin we're loosed from the curse of sin we're loosed and cut set free God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love and sound mind. Everyone that truly is born again is set free from the bondage and entrapment of sin. Sin is what the devil uses to entrap people and drag them down to hell where he's going himself. In Revelation it tells us very clearly where the devil and his angels will finish up and that's in the lake of fire in hell. Dear friends, the warning is The devil will try to drag you to where he's going by the power of sin. There's only one solution, dear friends, and that is to put your faith and trust in what the Lord Jesus has done and be born again. There is a final judgment coming over this earth. And in Acts 17, it tells us that Jesus is the man who will judge the earth. And in the verse, in the hymn that we sung earlier, every knee will bow to Jesus. How wonderful to bow the knee to him now. How wonderful to acknowledge him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords now and have eternal life. Eternal life is without price. There is nothing the world can give you that is to be compared with eternal life. It is priceless. And God offers you the priceless gift of eternal life tonight through faith and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus went to the cross As a result of being rejected, he went obediently to the cross. He died on the cross to bear our sins in his own body on the tree. The reason he could raise the dead was because one day he was going to bear our sins in his own body. He was going to be punished on our behalf. He was going to be stripped and beaten and mocked with a crown of thorn and crucified, nailed to a cross hands and feet, the most brutal death that man has ever devised, the most awful death, and I would strongly encourage you to read it in all four of the Gospels. The cross is the centre of Christianity, dear friends, and he was there for me. He was there because of the evil that I have done. Can you say that he was there because of me? He was there on our behalf. He died the death that we deserve to die so that we might be forgiven of our sins and clothed in his righteousness. God will only allow those who are perfect, perfectly righteous into heaven. And when we're forgiven, God gives us a robe of righteousness. He washes us clean from our sins and gives us a perfect robe of righteousness. How wonderful. Jesus died on the cross and before he died, he said, it is finished. It is finished. He had finished The work. There is nothing that you and I can do to add to that work. Every religion of the world tries to do it ourselves. Every religion tries to make our own way to God. Jesus has finished the work. And through faith in him, we are made fit to come before the presence of a holy God. A God who is perfectly holy. And Jesus rose again from the dead. 
he was able to raise these two men from the dead and others because he was going to break the power of death and he has broken the power of death for every true believer. How wonderful that is. And that's why the gospel is once more open and available to you tonight to trust him by faith for his name's sake.